This podcast is brought to you by the Village of Bedford Park, your home for business. Over 450 businesses strong and growing with a safe, reliable Lake Michigan water supply. Visit VOBPBiz.com and bring your business home to the Village of Bedford Park. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Now, the WBBM Noon Business Hour. WBBM News Time 1203. It's great to have you with us for the Thursday edition of the Noon Business Hour. I'm Cisco Cotto. The Noon Business Hour is presented by the Village of Bedford Park. In the next segment, many people heading back to the office are finding out their former workspace. It's not theirs anymore, at least not solely theirs. We'll get into that. Right now, the latest report on jobless claims is out and concerns about America's debt ceiling are rising. Bob Brusca, chief economist at Fact and Opinion Economics, based in New York. Uh, Bob, so we have, let's see, 310,000. That's new claims for jobless benefits. What do you make of those numbers? Yeah, well, that's a nice drop. Um, I don't know if this is evidence that uh, ending these extended benefits is causing people to uh, drop out of the workforce or whether it's causing them to get jobs, but um, and we tend to see claims running, you know, 250,000 to 300,000 during, quote, normal times. They've gotten down lower than that previously, but, um, you know, this is looking a little bit more like normalcy in terms of claims. And so going forward, uh, we, uh, we needed to drop a little bit more. Would that make you feel more comfortable? Well, the claims data are something else. I mean, these are people who are at some point because of the unemployment definitions being technical, people who want jobs may not even appear in the statistics. So to me, this is just a statistic. It doesn't really tell you that things are or aren't normal. It's just a statistic about who's getting jobless benefits. And uh, we know there are a lot of people who are unemployed, who used to be employed uh, prior to the virus. We don't know if they still want jobs. We don't know if they're still willing to work at their own salaries, if they need higher incomes. We don't know a lot about it. So we're going to find out over the next couple of months with these special programs taken off uh, what people really want to do and what, they, what they're going to do. Is the participation rate, the, the percentage of the population of working age people who, who are actually working, is that a, maybe a more important number? Yeah, I think participation rate is pretty important. Um, you go through various surveys to decide whether you're in or out of the labor force. So uh, nobody really knows if you're participating. You, know, you can be out of the labor force, not participating, get a job and be working the next month, right? You don't have to go through some sweet sequence of events. It's not like a secret handshake or something, you know. So we're, we're still basically doing all these things off of survey data. But, yeah, it really does it, it, you know, matter how many people are really are participating in the economy, really do want jobs, are looking and are willing to work, at, again, at the prevailing wage rate. A lot of people are willing to work to pay them a lot more money, but that's not always the option. What about the uh, debt ceiling? It's sort of a usual back and forth in Washington on raising that. Yeah, yeah. This is this is even, this is the biggest political football I think maybe ever because the Democrats have used their position and and you know, their ability to make Kamala Harris a, a voter in the Senate to get a lot of legislation through. They want to get through this new big. Uh, infrastructure spending bill. And there's a lot of debt associated with it. And a lot of people don't like that. And Republicans have stepped back and said, fine, you know, you want to pass all this stuff? 
see if you can do it, and then you pass the debt ceiling without us. And there are some Democrats who are conservative Democrats who don't want the big debt ceiling. And so, you know, to make this work, the Democrats need to get all the Democrats in the Senate on board. They haven't got all the Democrats in the Senate on board. So this is uh, this is a push comes to shove kind of thing. And uh, uh, you've got, you know, the progressives lined up against the moderates, the Democratic Party, you got the Republicans sitting in the cheap seats watching it all happen. Uh, it's a mess. Thanks so much, Bob Bruska, Chief Economist at Fact and Opinion Economics. Coming up, why your desk may be gone when you return to the office. Many offices have undergone makeovers as employees return to their remote work locations from their remote work locations. It means some adjustments will be necessary. Let's learn more from Rick Cobb, founder of the workplace consulting firm To Discern here in Chicago. Uh, Rick, help us to understand what sorts of changes are employees finding when they get back into the office? Well, provided that their offices are open and and there's about 64% of the workforce that doesn't have the option to go into work yet. When you get there, you're going to find a couple of things. One of them is is that the the trend uh, certainly started in technology and now is beginning to be uh, spread out to other organizations is towards what they call a, a reserve or a hotel desk environment where, you know, if you look at the data from Pew that says that over half, almost 60% of the workforce would prefer to do some sort of work-from-home environment, companies have to make an adjustment to that. And one of the adjustments is to say, okay, well, we're not going to give everybody their own office or even, in many cases, their own cube. Uh, So you're going to come back to work and find that there isn't necessarily a, quote-unquote, assigned seat and assigned desk. And that's going to be an adjustment for, for everyone. Especially for the people for whom an office, you know, it's almost like a sign of status. You know, you, you've moved to a certain level in the company, and so now you get an office, and now it's something like that doesn't matter anymore. Well, it, that's true. And, and this is something that we've been wrestling with in the U.S. in particular for a while now. The idea that as the CEO of a company, you want your castle, and a part of your castle is you want to see all your, your, your knights in the castle, to extend the metaphor. But when you look at uh, work group models and, and how fast-paced work does, whether it was advertising, marketing, uh, technology in the past, that sort of cohort, that shared table environment uh, with people all working around, that was much more common. And as the generations change, you know, boomers like me aren't going to get the office. It's going to be more of a shared environment. And certainly the EU and Asia both are already pretty far along in that, in that approach to it. What's really interesting, though, is there's been two years now of companies recruiting, hiring, and onboarding employees that have yet to actually appear at the office. It's conceivable that somebody could be with a company for two plus years and never have actually been in the office. And that's a whole other new dynamic. Yeah. So how do employers, what's some advice for them? What do they do, given the fact that, as you're mentioning, there's going to be people who come back to the office and everything's different. And there's some people who have never been there before, even though they've already worked for a year. Absolutely. And, you know, the human condition is we really struggle with change. The reason we struggle with it is because when things that we expect to be there aren't, now we're required to think. And I'm not saying we can't think, but we don't like to do it if we can avoid it. It's why we take the same path to work every day. So when you go into an office, the, the employers have to look at the floor plan and have to plan it out. They can't just say, okay, here we are. You know, you're going to have to set up uh, active floor plans. You're going to have to have schedules and ways for people to sign up either online, uh, probably uh, as they get there. 
You're going to have to have mobile mobile accessibility, and you're also going to have to have some ground rules set up for how it works. When people come in, you know, it's almost like if you go to your your house of worship, there's a pew you like to sit in, and all of a sudden somebody else is in it. That's a little off-putting. Imagine that being your work environment. On the other end of it, the employees are going to have to make their work a lot more portable. You're not going to be able to take your your pictures of your family and your vase and all the other stuff that you'd like to have in your cube, you're going to have to be able to to adapt and, and fit in pretty quickly. And you're, I mean, I hate to say this, boy, but you're going to have to keep your space clean because someone's going to use it after you. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and, and there's going to be an etiquette to that. Of course, there's a whole nother, there's a whole nother level of issue now because not only does it have to be clean, but we're also still in the middle of dealing with pandemic environments. People are going to be a lot more conscientious or, concerned uh, about the the possibility of the spread of germs and viruses and there's the company is going to have to uh, establish pretty clear rules about how things are done and and the consequences of not complying thanks so much rick cobb founder of to discern a workplace consulting firm here in chicago up next apparel maker lululemon is hot and some say it's because people are heading back to the office a deposit for your future. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Shares of casual apparel maker Lululemon have hit an all-time high today after it clobbers the street with its latest earnings report. The stock up nearly 12% today. Joining us on the McGrath Lexus Business Line, Dana Telsey, CEO and Chief Research Officer at Telsey Advisory Group in New York. Uh, Dana, I think a lot of people assumed as offices reopened and people went back to work that Lululemon would struggle, but that does not appear to be happening. Thank you for having me. No, that does not appear to be happening. If anything, in channels, they exceeded expectations. They didn't expect store productivity to equal 2019 levels, and it did. They didn't expect e-commerce to grow, given the comparisons with last year, and it did. And when you look at their assortment, they're taking established collections like the Align collection and expanding it from pants to include tops and other categories. And what they're doing that whole casual assortment that they have, it's not just for working out, it's for social occasions and even for back to work. Vertically integrated, less seasonality, solid product quality is really driving the engine at Lulu for both men and women. I guess in some offices, you're going to be more formal just depending upon the, the business. Uh, but for many, and Lulu's done this, for, for many, you can still be casual and still look professional while you're at the office. People really like that. They certainly do. And I think as we return to when it is safe to return to what is going to be a hybrid environment, I think some of these casual assortments and casual clothing, like Lulu, is only going to benefit more. And that's why when you think of the new product categories, like Intimates, which they're accelerating, like Footwear, which is coming next year, like the new fabrications that they're now partnering with, sustainability is becoming a focus too. They're only going to be relevant to more customers for more occasions. Maybe not just with Lulu, but uh, with the industry in general. Are we seeing the supply chain problems that we saw earlier in the pandemic? Or are they still uh, in general at a point where, hey, we could sell more. We just can't get as much as we want. How do you know what my conversations are like every day with all these companies? <laughs> they all could sell more if they all had more. And right now, Vietnam is definitely a source of concern. Port issues in terms of getting goods off the containers, just the containers themselves and the prices of them having gone from $1,500 a container nearly a year ago to over $15,000 a container now, it's a struggle. 
And that's why we're seeing more full price selling and more margins. But that's going to be the obstacle for holiday 2021. Yeah, people always want deals. It's going to be a challenge. Thanks so much, Dana Telsey, CEO and Chief Research Officer at Telsey Advisory Group in New York. Still ahead, Technology Thursday. Why you need to make your digital life part of your estate planning. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast the wbbm noon business hour continues good afternoon thanks for joining us i'm cisco Cotto. these are the top stories on news radio wbbm president biden set to announce a covid vaccine mandate for federal government workers americans are among a group of people allowed to fly out of afghanistan today in technology thursday making sure your family is not locked out of your online information when you're unable to handle it or no longer around also on the tech beat the latest smart glasses are a collaboration between Facebook. Facebook and Ray-Ban. WBBM business, the Dow down 132. The NASDAQ is down 14 and the S&P also down 14 points. Sunshine in Chicagoland, a beautiful afternoon, 73 degrees. We may get a few degrees warmer before the day is done. President Biden will give a speech later today on his latest plans to combat coronavirus. CBS News White House correspondent Stephen Portnoy says he's expected to speak of an expanded vaccine mandate for federal workers. The order is aimed at strengthening the mandate 
mandate the president imposed earlier this summer on federal workers and contractors. Sources say going forward, agency employees won't have the option of taking regular COVID tests to skirt the mandate. The universe of people affected by the order is in the low millions. The White House is hoping it will be a model for the private sector. Stephen Portnoy, CBS News, Washington. We'll carry the president's address live starting around 4 o'clock this afternoon. The first large-scale departure since the U.S. left Afghanistan over a week ago has taken place. The Qatar Airways flight marks a breakthrough in the bumpy coordination between the U.S. and the country's new Taliban rulers. A several-day standoff over charter planes at another airport has left dozens of passengers stranded. Some 200 foreigners, including Americans, were on the flight out of Kabul today. It's 1232. Conversation that's on the money. You're listening to the WBBM Noon Business Hour. The Noon Business Hour is presented by the Village of Bedford Park. The markets are sinking. The Dow down 147, NASDAQ down 20, and the S&P is down 17 points. Let's see what's going on. Matt Shapiro is here, president of MWS Capital here in Chicago. Matt, what do you make of what you're seeing on Wall Street today? Well, we had kind of a good little start, Cisco, you know, uh, talking earlier about the unemployment claims uh, improving to just 320, and the market seemed to like that a little bit, but then a little nervousness set in, you know, and I was just going to mention that we kind of sort of hadn't gotten into the meat of the fall and September and whether or not there's going to be a correction and everything until really next week, uh, where we'll have, you know, some interesting political data points, for instance, this California Recall election where Gavin Newsom is expected to um, survive. However, just crossing the wires, a little bit of trouble maybe for the uh, Biden spending agenda, which generally Wall Street really likes. So any kind of, uh, I think, political stuff about the budget plans, which generally are perceived as being very um, pro, pro-markets and stimulative, I think could cause a little trouble for the markets. We're seeing that with a little like sudden setback just now. And, uh, you know, you you mentioned a lot of the uncertainty. Uh, That's something that investors always have to deal with. How do they deal with that? I mean, you're focusing on fundamentals. How, How do you ride that out? Well, you really have to balance your portfolios more, I think, than ever into more defensive areas and fixed income, something I've definitely talked about uh, when we've been on the air. You know, I've noticed, for instance, that typical target date funds, which are great choices for many investors, like at 2040, at 2050, kind of structured to your age, they've actually creeped to be somewhat more aggressive as interest rates have fallen, i.e. more stock exposure. We, now everyone has to evaluate their own financial uh, circumstances individually, we have actually kind of gone the other way to have a little bit more defensive and defensive names, fixed income and the like. So there's really only one way to do it, and it's just to be more defensive with more fixed income. And as always, you have to take corrections in stride. That's part of being an investor. Yeah, the airline stocks, other real opening stocks uh, doing pretty well. Uh, However, now with resurgent cases, there's a bit of a struggle as we head to the fall there. Right. There's going to be a time where the market just has a case of the nerves. So we just have to see whether or not there'll be a couple things, the developments next week, potentially politically, investors feeling that the, you know, uh, large uh, stimulative spending agenda uh, might be threatened or that the Federal Reserve may be more aggressive in their tapering. So those are things we're going to have to watch out for in the next couple of weeks. And do you pay attention when uh, you, you get a scare and you have a stock or, or even a sector that dips? Do you watch and go, hey, hey, maybe now's the time for me to get into that sector or to get into specific stocks there? 
I, I actually follow that approach, uh, Cisco, um, with the stock market being generally high. I think we can all kind of agree upon that. P.E. ratios being over 20. Generally, when I enter new stocks, it might be on a momentary setback or something like that. So, uh, you know, it's sort of the, the marketplace. We haven't had a generalized correction where you just want to look at anything. And definitely, we do take advantage of these downturns, which tend to be temporary, oftentimes in quality companies. Yeah, earlier uh, this morning, we had Jan, and we were talking, as you mentioned, about the unemployment claims, jobless claims. Uh, what do you expect out of the Fed, given the fact that if things appear to be going better, well, then they're going to possibly change monetary policy. I don't know if Wall Street's necessarily a fan of that. They're not, and it, but it's a weekly thing. So last week we had a bad jobs report, I guess, and the Fed then was back on its heels and investors like that. Today we're having a you know better jobs report and investors now are okay okay maybe next week uh, the fed's going to be more aggressive so you know these are the things that are going to um buffet the market uh, back and forth you know each day tends to be different uh, and the market is high as we said and can be vulnerable to these setbacks thanks so much for all of the insight and analysis matt shapiro president of mws capital here in chicago just ahead technology thursday ensuring your family will have needed access to your digital life after you're gone also later in the show 1249 facebook teaming up with ray ban on some new smart glasses we'll have a preview Loaning useful information each weekday. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. It's Technology Thursday. Part of estate planning should be information and access to your digital life. Joining us on the McGrath Lexus Business Line, Jennifer Jolly, Tech Life columnist for USA Today, founder and editor-in-chief of techish.com, based in San Francisco. Uh, Jennifer, help us to understand it. When we talk about our digital life, what are we talking about? We are talking about everything from your Facebook, Twitter, Instagram passwords to all of your photos. Uh, The average person under the age of 70 has more than 160 digital accounts. And when somebody passes away every year, nearly $60 billion is unaccounted for when people die. And this is all according to Legacy Concierge, which studies and tracks what happens to all of your digital information if you die? And when you die, what do you what do you do? I mean, in order to to allow people to have access to this, do you share all the passwords ahead of time, or I mean, what, what do you do? The simple answer is yes. You need to make a spreadsheet or use a service. There are legacy concierge services like Clocker, C L O C R. Ever plans where they walk you through every single account that you have. You share your password for that account. It gets encrypted and stored away for that inevitable day when you die. Then that information goes either to an attorney that you've named or to a trusted family member that you've named. But you do have to think of, of end of life planning beyond legal or medical documents like a will, or advanced directive, or planning a funeral. You now, you know, passwords are now the modern day keys to our lives. So you have to think of that ahead of time. I'm wondering if you don't feel comfortable using some sort of a service or or doing it online. uh, Could you just simply leave with your printed will and and your your powers of attorney, all of that stuff? Just just leave a document that has all of your passwords on it. As long as it's as long as it's not online, it seems like it might be safe. Yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. I have an Excel spreadsheet of every account and every password for that account. And now nobody really knows that. I mean, now, of course, the whole world knows it, but <laughs> my family doesn't really know it. So, so I've made sure to add that to my will in advance directives so that they can get in there and get all of my, you know, recurring charges that just come out of that bank account, subscription services, everything that comes out of that bank account month by month. So that they don't end up, you know, with, hey, this didn't get paid or money's disappearing out of account an account and they don't know where it's going. So absolutely make that spreadsheet. Do it sooner rather than later. It's super time consuming. It took me almost two full days to get everything pulled together. But that is super critical, especially when you think about photos or videos that you've purchased or really your entire life that is now, you know, a third of it online. And I'm thinking, you know, we we're talking about wills, but uh, in, in putting things with wills, there's so many people who don't even have wills. I guess that may be the first start. Well, that's just it. And, you know, go, living through a pandemic has taught us that two out of three people in America don't have a will, digital or otherwise. Um, and COVID has pushed more young people, 63% more in the 18 to 34 range over the past year to create wills and estate plans. But older adults are still less likely to have them today than before the pandemic. So the biggest thing is knowing how to do it, knowing how simple it is, and then just kind of taking that time to do it because it really, really is so important. So uh, go ahead and do that. Get a will, and it doesn't have to be expensive in order <laughs> to do that. Make sure that your passwords are put aside and spend some time. I, I mean, I, how do I say this? I, you know, even divvying up necessarily who might have access to which particular password. You don't have to leave those all to one person. Yeah, that's exactly right. You can divvy them up between family members, children, trusted friends, an attorney. You'll also want to lock down your phone. You know, on an iPhone, you need to enable erase data so that once somebody has that phone after you're gone, if they enter the wrong password 10 times, it just automatically erases that phone. So there are other kind of backups you can do just to ensure that the, you know, it doesn't, your information, your critical and sensitive information doesn't end up in the wrong hands. Um, and you can do a lot of this yourself, you know, sharing and downloading of your photos. But I have gone with one of those uh, estate planners, digital estate planners, and a digital vault to store that end of life information, just because in the end, that $300 that I pay for that service until the end of my life was worth it. Thanks so much, Jennifer Jolly, Tech Life columnist for USA Today, founder, editor-in-chief of techish.com. This time tomorrow, Entrepreneur Friday, just ahead, a double dose of Technology Thursday, Facebook is unveiling its latest smart glasses. Cashing in with conversation. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Facebook unveiling its new Ray-Ban smart glasses. Let's find out about them. Ina Freed, chief technology correspondent for the news site Axios.com, based in San Francisco. Uh, Ina, if I understand right, you've, you've actually been able to get your hands on a pair of these. What are they like? Yeah, I was uh, keeping it a secret yesterday when we were talking because they hadn't been announced. Uh, so the most amazing thing about these and the most troubling thing is they feel and they look just like a traditional pair of Ray-Ban Wayfarer sunglasses. So the benefit is, you know, it doesn't feel like you're wearing a piece of technology. You get the technology kind of as a bonus. 
the, you know, kind of creepy part, the part that I think people are rightly concerned about is it's hard for bystanders to tell that you're wearing smart glasses and not just a regular pair of sunglasses. So people kind of like the fact that they might be wearing them. They just don't like all the other people around them who may be wearing them. Yeah, and that's true of a lot of new technology, especially technology with cameras. And these aren't the full-on augmented reality glasses we may get someday. These do a couple things. They take pictures, they take short 30-second video clips, and you can listen to sound. So you can either listen to your music or take a phone call over Bluetooth without having to pull out your phone. And that's what I liked best about it was the ability to just be walking down the street with my phone in my pocket, still listening to music, still taking a picture every now and then. Uh, so there are a lot of benefits, but I think society is going to have to figure out how to adapt, just like, you know, we saw this with Google Glass a bunch of years back. Yeah, double-edged sword, as you're saying, because for so long, smart glasses have just looked so goofy that no one was really going to be willing to wear them. Yeah, totally. And I mean, that certainly solved the problem. I mean, nobody ended up buying or wearing Google Glass, so it didn't end up being a problem. These are actually something I would wear these. Um, and you can get them in prescription, you can get them in sunglasses, you can even get them in progressives or transitions lenses, all kinds of options because they partnered with a real glasses company, uh, Essilor Luxottica, which makes Ray-Ban is like the king of the eyeglass world. So uh, any drawbacks, any things you didn't like about these? You know, the sound isn't amazing. So it's what's called open air, meaning instead of having something in your ear, it's just kind of playing near your ear. So the good thing is you can hear background noise. The bad thing is you can hear background noise. Um, the photos are not as good as you'll get if you pull out your camera uh, from your phone. Um, but, but I think the nice thing is you don't have to pull out your phone. So overall, I like them. Thanks so much. Ina Freed, Chief Technology Correspondent for the news site Axios.com. You'll find past programs later today, a podcast of this hour at WBBMNewsRadio.com and the Odyssey app. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.